Thanks for tuning in to Upward Way Podcast. If you're looking to be spiritually blessed, moved, and inspired, there is no doubt you are in the right place. On our show, guests recount their encounter with Christ and how their lives have been transformed through the grace and love of God. And now, please welcome our host. Hello and welcome to Upward Way. I am your host, Marlon Walters. As promised, I bring you part two of our two-part interview with Dr. Ronald Robin. Dr. Robin, welcome once again. Thank you so much. It's a blessing to be with you and to be able to join hands in giving God the glory. I want to spend a little time looking at the concept of kindness. It's regularly that persons will share their struggles with individuals of faith. And, you know, we are very kind to say, I'm going to pray for you. There are some persons who actually do, but for some persons, it's just lip service. But in your case, you had friends, you had associates, you had the persons you didn't even know about, but they saw the hand of God leading you in a particular direction. And they were kind enough, not just to pray, not just to encourage, but they pointed you or pointed persons to you. And they also, without you knowing, decided to be kind financially. So what would you say to individuals who don't think that you know they have a role to play in terms of physically giving someone who is in need? What would be your word of encouragement to these individuals? You know, it's really amazing. When, when, when I hear you say those words, I remember mind of the words of John. Um, let me see if I can take you there. Uh, let's go to 1 John chapter 3 and verse 18. Listen to what the Bible says. This is really beautiful. Uh, let me build a little bit for context here. Verse 17. John says, Whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? He goes on to say in verse 18 and really builds his case. He says, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And that's just such a blessing. Let us not just tell people we love them. Let us love them in deed and in truth. Here's what I'll say to you. And I really mean this as, as I say this. There are some brethren, for instance, and I've experienced this over a period of time, who'll say, oh, uh, oh, I wish you could come to my church and share. And often when I'll go to prayer or when I'm thinking about it to the Lord, I'm like, Lord, you know what? Even if I never get to go there, the fact that they said that, it's such a blessing. They don't even have to act on it. But the fact that they said that, you know, they would like me to come share is so much. Praise God for that. Other times, I still believe this as well. There are friends who, I guess, could not afford to help me financially. But repeatedly, and Brother Marlon, I mean it, repeatedly, they'll write to me and they say, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for your family. I'm praying for you. So I am pretty much, I could say, a product of, of prayers. Because God, I know on purpose, seeing how broken I am, he has purposely surrounded me with brethren who assure me of God's love, constantly lift me up in prayers. I mean, I'm so blessed to have brethren who do that, friends who genuinely love and genuinely present you to the Lord in prayer. My mother, by the way, she, she's 77 now, and she had a stroke several years ago, and the Lord amazingly helped her recover from the stroke. She still struggles with her speech. Apart from her speech, if you look at her, you would never be able to say she's had a stroke because she moves fine and I could even say she's fitter than I am because she can really, she can exercise and she's very fit. But there's something with the Marlin, even the stroke could not take away from her. And that was her relationship with the Lord. 
she uncompromisingly goes on her knees three times a day, prays, studies God's word, and submits her life to God. Several years ago, when I was home for vacation, my mom told me, and she said to me that, she says, when you both were growing up, me and my elder brother, she says, when you both were growing up, I had one prayer to the Lord, that Lord, take everything that we have. Take everything that we have, but make sure you'll use my sons. Take everything that I have, but make sure you'll use my sons. Now, of course, dad, as a minister, was already doing God's work. That's a blessing. But on top of that, to have a mother who's, who supports and wants the children to be used in the Lord's work, what a blessing for the mom. What a blessing. And to this day, you know, she's had a stroke. Even before we, we had this interview, she'll see me like when I'm about to, you know, share for a meeting, I'll have the door closed for the room. And she knows something's up. Oh, it's going to be, he's going to share somewhere or something. So she'll come open the door. And like I said, she struggles with her speech, but she'll come, she'll stand right next to me. And she'll be like, let's pray. She'll sort of say that. And so she'll come to me and she, she'd want to pray. She'd want me to pray. And so I just pray with her just before I am about to share. And but man, what, a, what an amazing blessing that is to have parents, to have brethren, to have friends who continue to do that. And I really, really thank the Lord because that has added so much. That has added so much of an encouragement and hope uh, to my broken life. So please God. There are two questions I'm itching to ask, but I will <laughs> go one at a time. Parents, oftentimes, they want the best for their children. And even parents of faith, sometimes, for some reason, they don't understand that the best for their child is for the child to really serve God. In your journey, you have shared that you were at med school studying um, dentistry, right? But for you, in terms of your mom, her focus was not for you to be the best dentist there is, but her focus was for you to do God's work. And so why is it so important for parents to dedicate and repeatedly present their kids before the Lord? Why is that so important? That's a really wonderful question. I just want to appeal, you know, even, even to our listeners. When you look at the experience, you know, when a child is born, parents bring their child to the church to be dedicated, just as Jesus was brought by Joseph and Mary to be dedicated. Now, what that experience, because it's, it's not just a ritual, it's a very sacred experience and, and a covenant you're making with the Lord, that Lord, I bring this child to you recognizing this is not my child. This is your child and I'm just a steward. And it's sad, Brother Marlon, that oftentimes, Parents can come and say, Lord, I dedicate my child to you. But tomorrow when the child wants to be a missionary, say, no, 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 don't do that. There's no money in that. And you sit back and say, wait a minute, but why did you dedicate your child then? If you wanted your child to make all kinds of money in the world, why, why did you say, Lord, the child is yours and I give over the control to you? Because it's the Lord who's impressed. I mean, think about, think about the Lord impressing the child to take that course. Then shouldn't the parents just be excited? Shouldn't the parents be glad? Let me give you my example. I... I was in dental school for many years and away from home for nine years. I was away from home. And imagine coming back and parents hearing, oh, he's not going to pursue dentistry because I no longer work as a dentist. I did full-time evangelism, sharing, traveling. That's the life. Imagine how, how do you explain this to parents? Like, but wait, all that expenditure, all the money spent, you just laid it all to waste, right? I mean, that's sort of what you're expecting. And I heard my dad say this to someone else. And he said, I'm a minister. And if my son wants to go down that path, how could I say no to him? I'm a minister and he wants to go down that path. How do I say no to him? I guess I'm supposed to, you know, all these years and he says, yeah, it's taken long, but it's brought a change to his life. It has blessed him. Of course, as I look back, I look at dental school and I realize, in fact, what I've really learned from dental school is, is God's goodness. That's what I've really learned. I believe I, I walked through the corridors of the dental program and that's what the Lord was really teaching me. That God knows how to take care of his people. He really knows how to take care of his people. 
even including my teachers in the dental program. Honestly, Brother Marley, if I got through, it was purely God's grace, literally God's grace. I had, I had teachers who were open doors. By the way, I was just sharing with the dental department back at the university just, just, just two days ago. Sorry to interrupt. I want you to repeat before you continue the story, that section where you say, if there's one thing I learned from dental school, just one for emphasis for you to repeat that aspect before you continue. Sure, sure. So the one thing I, I learned in dental school, the one thing God was teaching me in dental school was the goodness of the Lord, the faithfulness of the Lord in my life. I really praise God for that because even through the dental corridors, God was constantly bringing me love when I least deserved it. Through my teachers, through, through peers who, who really just gave so much respect and sacrificed. I had friends whose lockers were open. If I needed any dental instruments and stuff, the lockers were open to take anything I wanted, any time I wanted it. When you're in dental school, you know, you have to look for patients. You've got to fulfill certain cases. And so you've got to look for specific patients with that dental case, which you could treat. And to be very honest, I wasn't even looking. My friends would bring these patients. Oh, you should work on this patient. You should work. Like, all right. Um, and my teachers, you know, the kind of respect I was receiving. I know I didn't deserve it. I know I didn't deserve it. One specific teacher, I just, I think I was just writing to him also this, just two days ago when we were sharing for worship. And writing to him, I guess I was just thanking him for the kindness he showed to me because I literally, I could even walk into a class while he was teaching and I could ask him something and he would be there to help me. He would stop everything else, drop everything and, and be there to, to teach me and guide me, to counsel me. Other teachers were so kind. One of my teachers would go up to him and, sir, uh, this. And being a senior student, he should say to me, wait, you don't know this? I mean, you're supposed to be finishing and you don't, I mean, he, yes, he could have done that, but, but no, the kindness, the, the love, the, the encouragement, you know, he could have just denounced me and sort of sent me out, but, but the encouragement is, oh, uh, look this up or look that up, come back to me. And, and I, I really thank God. I mean, I, I really thank God for how much the Lord has, how much the Lord has loved me. There was, there was a time when I heard about the dean of the college and she knew how I was doing in school and. And someone came up to her and shared something. And, and her response was, she says, Ronald is like my son. I could never forget. I can never forget that. For her to say that, to say that Ronald is like my son. Um, I look at all of this, Brother Marlon, and I realize I am I'm someone who's unworthy and unprofitable servant, uh, yet deeply treasured and loved by the Lord. I just thank you for that. Last week, I spent some time reading from the book of Joel, rather, sorry, from the book of Amos. And this week I am reading from the book of Jonah. And I recognize that, you know, both prophets, you know, they, they were charged to share the word of God as, you know, all God's prophets are. But incidentally, nowadays, when persons are asked to, to follow a path that God has prescribed or outlined for them, many people struggle, you know, with that. In your case, you knew that you were appointed to serve God. Of course, you did dentistry, but today you work full time in ministry. So my question is this, you know, why do you think so many individuals find it difficult to trust God's plan, God's plans for their lives? Well, Mark, here's what I, here's what I believe. Trust is impossible. It's impossible to trust someone you don't know. You, you can't trust someone you don't know, and you can't know someone unless you spend time with them. And in my case, you know, it's, I, I could share stories because it's not something I was looking for. It's something the Lord brought me through. And it's just amazing to me. I mean, it's so odd. Some of these things that have happened. I was sharing with you. I had friends, ministerial students, brilliant, just top end Bible scholars. And we had a small group going. We had a ministry group going. We'd travel, share with churches. And so we'd meet once a week for Bible studies. 
Now, what began initially just as a group of friends studying together, word got out and more friends were beginning to join and brethren who were not part of the core group began to join to attend the Bible studies. And I look at that event and notice how the numbers kept growing and people were just coming to listen to the word. Over time, my friends started to graduate. These ministerial friends started to graduate. Other friends of the core group, they're graduating and they're leaving, they're leaving. And I'm like, one day I recognize, I'm like, now, wait a minute, all of them are gone. We should stop the Bible study. And I look around like, well, wait a minute. All these brethren are there who are not who are not part of the group, but they're so hungry to receive the word. And of everything, Brother Mark, we were studying the book of Revelation. And all of a sudden, all of my scholarly friends are gone. And now it's like God is saying, okay, you've got to teach it next week. I'm like, that's gonna be something else. That that'll just be a different pace. So imagine it was it was because of a circumstance like that that got me into, for instance, study the book of Revelation. Got me into really studying so that you know I could share. But I recognize that was such an important blessing, how the Lord shaped that experience, how the Lord molded that experience. And through that, I was getting to know the Lord more. I was being exposed to know the Lord more and more. Now, when I was seeing this, like I said, you know, lived a very greedy life. And as God was doing all of this, notice, like I told you, piece by piece, he was teaching me that one simple thing. Learn to trust. There were times when the bottle, I, I received some money and my friends and I used to you know, laugh about this. Because, you know, you'd go somewhere and, and brethren, you know, who want, who want to support you, they'd give you an envelope. The envelope would have some money. When my friends would see the envelope, they'd smile because like, okay, you know, you've, you've got some provisions again. And we would laugh about it, how I live from envelope to envelope. Can you imagine with the Marlon? I was abroad and I didn't even have a bank account. In fact, I would say I didn't, have, I didn't even have a bank account, I, I think, until I was 32 or something. I didn't have a bank account all my life until just a few years ago. So that's really how it's been my life. So we used to laugh about is that yeah, brother lives from envelope to envelope. That's how life was. So it's really amazing because through all of this, God was saying, I've got you covered. Didn't I say to you that he who devotes himself to the affairs of the kingdom of God, God gets himself busy taking care of his affairs. And that's exactly what was happening. And notice it wasn't a question you asked, you know, why do people struggle? That's because God always starts small. Remember with, with Abraham, Abraham, leave your country, leave your people. That's a big decision. But when he was willing, when he submitted to that, God elevated that. You're going to have a child. Whoa, Lord, look at my age. You're going to have a child. Now, often we focus on Genesis 22 and say, oh, Abraham was asked to sacrifice son. Was he able to do that? Well, we're disconnecting. We're sort of isolating that experience from the rest of the faith experiences because every act of submission to God's will only prepares us for a greater task for God. All of these prior experiences with the Lord was Abraham experiencing God's faithfulness by the time it got to his son Isaac he really had no question he said Lord if you're asking me to do this I know you enough to know that you've got a plan so there were times with Marvin like I said I'd receive an envelope some money as I received that I'm thinking okay I'm going to spend it here spend it there and God impressed me you're going to give it to that person I'm like Lord I only have this what do you mean I have to give it to someone else and God would remind me to this day brother Marvin God would remind me son you can't outgive you can never outgive God Give and I'll prove it to you again. You can't outgive me. And that simple act of obedience, that simple act of obedience opens the door for a greater act of obedience. And the more we open ourselves to knowing God, the greater is the trust experience. But again, I think we focus too much on, oh, I need to push myself to trust. But it's amazing. Trust comes from knowing someone and knowing comes from spending time. We don't want to spend time with God, but we want to trust God. That's impossible. You can force that trust, but it's not going to be your second nature. If you really want to learn to trust God, you'd have to 
give him that time. And like I said, in my case, it wasn't me saying, Lord, yeah, I really want to give. But in my case, it was circumstantial, right? All these brethren are there and they really need the word. And that's how sort of I sort of got into the, the experience of studying God's word and then to be able to share God's word. I really thank God that through these mysterious ways, I look back and see how the dots were connected by God, how he brought along all these experiences and taught me these beautiful things, revealed more of himself to me and, and has encouraged me over the years to know that God is in control. God is in control. All right. Let me get to a little lighthearted question. You know, listening to you covering, you know, so much ground, it seems as if, you know, there is really nothing that you <laughs> can't do. So I want to ask, you know, what would say surprise most persons about Dr. Ronald Robin? Well, that is a, that is a good question for the moment. Um, one of the things I've really seen my friends surprised. Um, I have a friend of mine who has a young daughter, really adore that child. Um, oh, she's a precious, precious child. And I usually have worship with them once a week or so. And I was sharing once and I told them this. I told them, I said, I don't like reading. And she was shocked, huh? You don't like reading? It's like she was surprised. You don't, because you know, you're sharing so much, but you're telling us you don't, you don't like reading. And then I was explaining, I'm like, yeah, but if it's, if it's something about the Bible and it's a topic that really interests me, I can then just read and read and really enjoy it. I can sort of really be immersed in it. But ask me sort of just to read for the sake of reading. I'm like, I, I don't like it. And, that, I guess, comes as a shock to many, many, many friends of mine. It really comes as a shock. So, yeah, I guess that's, that's something I would say that really shocks people. Yes, true, true. And I, I dare say that's a good one. Now, uh, getting back to your, I would say, your busy schedule. I know you have your own family. You have the work of evangelism and so on. And you, you did say since you started that week of prayer, almost every week, you know, you have an appointment, an engagement. So. What is the key for maintaining balance in your life? Not just balancing, say, work, family, but even sometimes the disappointments that you'll face, you know, rejection, distresses. How, how do you balance everything? It's a great question, Brother Marlon. First of all, I want to say my parents and I, we stay together, so I'm not married. My parents, they're both retired, so we stay together. Let me say this, Brother Marlon, because this is really, really important to me. Being with my parents has, has been really an unspeakable blessing. Like you said, you know, there are, there are, of course, discouragements, moments when I feel really shattered. I don't know if you've had this experience. Have you been around certain people uh, and these people don't have to say anything? Just being with them is really a comfort. Yes, yes. And, and, and you know, mom and dad have been like that. There are times when they don't have to say anything. There are times when I've come home and perhaps broken, but just having them around sort of gives you a comfort, a peace. And I really thank God for that. There are times also, Brother Martin, when I've been so shattered, just totally shattered, hopeless. And God would say to me, son, go preach. Like, Lord, look at me. I mean, look at my condition. What do you mean go preach? I mean, look at my situation. Look at my spiritual condition. Like, Lord, I... God would say, son, just go. And I assure you, Brother Martin, every single time that has happened to me, and every single time I've picked up the word of God to share, it's as if nothing in the world existed. It's as if there was never a trial that touched me. And it's strange. I think a friend or two have perhaps even come to me and says, you know, we look at your life and we feel like there's no troubles in your life. Right? Praise God if it looks like that. Praise be to God if it looks like that. Because they're asking, like, brother, do you, do you really have any challenges or something? You go through? I'm like, praise God if the Lord presents it that way. That's all God. That is really all God. And really to God be the glory. Over and over again, and I'll, and I'll say this also and be very honest about this with the moment. 
there are those friends of mine who would say, but brother, you know, you have this calling. You've been given this talent to share God's word. And here's what I say, and I want to be honest about it. To me, sharing God's word is very selfish. And that is because from the depth of my heart, I have truly experienced no greater comfort in anything but in sharing God's word. There's nothing in life that has brought me more comfort and more meaningful peace, lasting peace, than sharing the word of God. And I am just indebted to the Lord for that. Could never thank him enough for that gift because at my most broken, I have received the most hope as I've picked up God's word and shared it with someone else. So like I said, I feel that it's very selfish on my part because it's, it's very comforting. If anyone else is blessed, praise be to God. Because above everyone else, I'm the one who gets ministered to and I'm the one who's comforted. So it's really a blessing from heaven. We, let me put a little background before I throw the question. In life, we are always looking at what next to do, you know, what else can I do? What's the next step? So as you spend time with the Lord and as he speaks to your heart, you know, what is one thing that you feel that God is inviting you to do right now? So in addition to, you know, your ministry, if you could start any ministry or maybe if you would, could build on what you're already doing, you know, what would that ministry do or what would that addition be? And also who else would that serve? Great, uh, Brother Martin. Um, over the years, I've felt a, a very deep impression and I've seen evidences of God proving that to me. And that is the ministry of prayer. God impressing upon my heart. So there have been times when I'd meet friends uh, back when we were in college. We'd meet friends and, you know, sort of, you're going to your class, they're going to their class, you sort of meet them. And if I let them walk away, so just saying, all right, we'll see you later or something, and walk away, God will sort of, sort of nudge me and say, you didn't pray with them. Sometimes I'm on a phone call and when we're about to keep, God will push me, pray with them. And they're not, they've not perhaps said something, you know, specific that, oh, I'm struggling with this, could you pray for me? Or, you know, I'm sick, just pray. And, and I feel like, over the years, that's something God has been wanting me to do more. Here's the thing, but Mark, every time I guess I've done that, God has really blessed me. I remember one specific time uh, I had gone, this was back in college, and I, I had gone in to get my student ID done. It had to be printed out. And I walked into the office, and the officer in charge was there, and he was you know, printing the ID. And I know him. I recognize him. We've never really spoken at a sort of proper conversation, but there I was, he gave me the parent ID and the Lord impressed me, pray with him. And I was like, okay, sir, can I pray with you? He was glad, you know, he got up from his chair and we both prayed together. After we ended the prayer, I opened my eyes and, and I believe I saw tears in his eyes. And see, now I didn't know what he was going through. I didn't know what, what he was struggling with. But what a blessing to see that God had ministered to this individual. And perhaps, I don't know if he did have the strength to tell anyone about it, but God tapped on my shoulder saying, pray for the person, they need it. And if there's one thing, Brother Martin, all of us, not just me, if, if there's one thing all of us need to do is to pray more for our brethren. That's a ministry that's needed. Now, understand also, this is not a ministry that gets recognized. Prayer warriors are not brethren who are recognized in church. Oh, speakers, like in this case, you know, like Brother God, which is Ruth, they've just put me on this. They say, you're the face of the final herald ministries. You know, speakers, presenters, they get noticed a lot. They get a lot of accolades and pats on the back. But those who are sitting in their closet of prayer, they don't get that. And yet, as you look at Exodus 17, Moses was on top of the hill with his arms out to God. Joshua was the one looked at, muscles ripping and the sword swaying. 
the Amalekites being destroyed. But the man on the hill, you could barely see, but yet the story tells us as long as his hands were up, Israel would win. When his hands were down, Israel would not. I don't know if many people went to Moses at the end of that battle and said, brother, thank you so much for praying for us. I guess everyone was tapping Joshua. Joshua, great job, brother. Wow, how you wiped them out. What a great warrior. But there was such a deep connection, such a deep connection between victory and brethren who pray in secret. At the Final Herald, we recently, of course, we take prayer requests at the end of every worship. But recently, we sent out an appeal to the brethren in our worships. And we said to them, please, if you'd like us to pray with you, you'd like us to pray with your family, please send in your contact details and we'd like to pray with you. If you need counsel, please feel free. We'd like to pray with you. And I think we need to do more and more of that. And I believe I need to do more and more of that for my brethren, for God's people. People are struggling. People are very broken and they need to be assured that God is still on the throne. So that's something I'd like to do. We have spoken about your ministry of the Final Herald, but we didn't give the listeners a chance, you know, to maybe get in touch. So in case someone would like to get in touch with you, you know, where do they go? Is there a website? Is there a telephone number and email? How do they get in contact with the Final Herald Ministry? So one of the ways to contact the Final Herald is you could go directly to our website. It's simple. It's thefinalherald.com. It's that simple. So thefinalherald.com. That's the website you could go to if you have questions. You can send in your questions. Uh, for instance, Brethren, on a weekly basis, they send in their questions and we try to answer them every Sunday. So you could, we also have a YouTube channel and you could also tune in. If you go to the YouTube channel, also type in the Final Herald and you will see a YouTube channel and it's got all these, all these messages uh, that have been there. Brethren who've come and shared. You can also uh, go view the videos for our question and answer that we try to have every Sunday. So you could go take a look at that as well. So if you send in your questions there, you'll get the answers in the video by God's grace. So that's something that's been happening. Uh, on the on the webpage, if you'd like to also send a personal note, I think there's a, there's a way to do it. You can find the, the details on the website to be able to contact us as well. You could also contact me through White Horse Media. That is a website you could go to. Uh, that's also simple, whitehorsemedia.com. And you could go to that website, look up the different speakers that are there. I'm one of the associate speakers for White Horse Media. So those are the different ways that you could contact us by God's grace. Amen. And I must say to my listeners that if you go on the website, it's, it's a very wonderful place to go because there are lots of resources. As he says, there's an, a, a section for you to ask your questions. And each day there's a person share their questions. You can have your prayer request. So I will encourage you to go. And as um, Dr. just said, it's thefinalherald.com. So there's no space between the words. All right. So I must say thanks today for taking the time out of your schedule to share with us. My guest today has been Dr. Ronald Robin. He is one of the presenters of the Final Herald and also part of the White Horse Ministries. Now, just before we go, Dr. Robin, is there any final word that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yes. Um, God has been doing so much. We're living in very, very specific, very trying times. Look around us and the world is hurting. And God's looking for people through whom he can minister to the world. Revelation 18 encourages us of a time when God's people will be so filled, so possessed with the latter reign of the Holy Spirit, that the whole earth will be lightened with the glory of God, with the greatest reproduction of Christ's character that has ever been seen on planet earth. And God would really like us to be a part of that work, becoming individuals so filled with the Spirit, brightening the world with the most perfect reflections of 
of God's character. That would be my invitation to you, friends. Be a people who are sincere in prayer. God's message to one of the seven churches was, that which has been given to you, hold fast, so that no man can take your crown. God has blessed us with such divine truths for this end of time. I pray that you would hold on fast to them, so that no one can take away these wonderful truths that God has given to you as a strong foundation. And I pray that you may be able to minister to the needs of many brethren, even in this time, to be able to bring many people to the hope and light of Jesus Christ. You've been in tuned to Upward Way. Do join us again next week when we'll have another interesting guest sharing his or her story of faith. You can subscribe to weekly episodes on Apple, Spotify, Listen Notes, and Podcast Guru, or go to the App Store and download the AWR app. Until then, I am Marlon Walters saying goodbye. May God bless you. You've been listening to the Upward Way Podcast, the number one audio production show for people who want encouragement and reassurance in a muddled world.